Thank you for joining us for another edition of Silicon Slopes Live. Our guest at today's town hall event is DJ Dorf, CEO of Executech. DJ's first passion is for people and relationships, but he also loves technology. Some of his past positions have been business operations manager for Adobe and founder of an employee analytics company he started while in graduate school. DJ now leads Executech as CEO and has brought an increased focus on accountability and data while still staying true to his vision of building relationships and helping people in their careers. Listen to hear DJ's story and experience with Executech. And now, here's today's live event. All right, welcome to the Silicon Slopes Town Hall. We are joined by Executech CEO DJ Dorf. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. You betcha. It's the beautiful month of September. How is your fall going? So fall is good. Uh, my wife is happy because now she gets to bust out all of her fall clothes. So uh, that means I'm doing pretty well myself. And at Executech, we've seen things really pick back up the last few months. So overall, things are going pretty well. Very cool. So you have an awesome name, and then you are also a DJ in high school. Let's just start with a fun one. Yeah, so I grew up in Indiana, um, and at my high school we had a radio station, and so it was you know, a class that took all four years. Our teacher loved 80s music, and so I would just have shifts throughout the week uh, being a DJ on the radio, and probably the highlight was um, I'm really into sports, and so I got to have my own sports show on Saturday mornings with one of my friends, and um, it was really cool being on the radio, and you know anyone in Indianapolis could hear it, and it was a great experience. Very cool. Did you talk about like Hoosiers basketball, Indianapolis 500? Oh yeah, you know all things Peyton Manning, Pacers, Indy 500. I mean, you name it, we were talking about it. So if I say Larry Bird, you say? Uh, I say I, there's so many things I would say. My mom grew up in Boston, um, but. Uh, I'm thinking Magic Johnson right now because I'm picturing some of their great duels. Yeah, I love Larry Bird. Um, he's on the Mount Rushmore as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. All right, let's jump in. So um, what is Executech? What do you guys do and how do you do it? Yeah, so Executech, we provide outsourced IT services. So this can take the form of augmenting IT staff um, at a company that has some IT staff already. Most commonly, we're fulfilling the role of the entire IT department. Um, so everything down from day-to-day end-user support at the help desk level to kind of IT director, CIO level support. Um, we also provide cloud and security consulting and managed services. And, you know, we'll work with companies of any size. Our typical client, you know, probably has 50 to 100 employees. We work with many clients that have hundreds or thousands. Um, we're scattered across the West, so you know, pretty much between the Rocky Mountains and the Pacific Ocean, that's where we play. Really cool. So I was playing golf with a guy, and uh, he said if, when he gets to the office, if he opens his computer and turns it on, then he's good. If not, he calls the IT support. Yeah, yeah that would be us. <laughs> okay. yeah. And I think there's people that run the gamut of that, too. They can get pretty close to figuring it out on their, their own and then calling you guys for help. So uh, is 2020 a good year for Executech or a bad year? You know, if you would have asked me in January what our goals were and said this is what life is going to look like at the end of September, I would have told you that we were having a good, not great year. Given everything that's happened with COVID, I would say we're having a great year. Um, we're fortunate that, you know, we're in IT services, right? This isn't a nice to have for, for businesses. Everybody needs IT support. 
So on that end, you know, we haven't been impacted as much as other industries. At the same time, we're a reflection of our clients. And we work with performing arts centers, we work with restaurants, we work with hotels. And so to the extent that they've been impacted, we've been impacted too. Um, but overall, I'm very pleased with how the year has gone. Um, we're used to growing 20 to 25% year over year. This year is going to be a little bit more flat, but I think given everything that's happened, I'll take it. Yeah. So the, the basic business model for Executech is it's a service provider, correct? Yeah. And, um, you know, on day one, uh, there's one product or maybe one service. You guys have grown into that, but um, how does your business model how is it impacted by new product ideas and, and things like that? And how do you ultimately decide what to do? Yeah, so ultimately for most of our clients, they're bringing us in to do something that they don't want to do or they can't do themselves. And it's around being their IT department. So it is very common for us when we are meeting with a new client or even a current client to say, look, I hired you to tell me what I don't know. And so, you know, in terms of the business model, you know, we're taking care of, yes, the day-to-day -day end user support needs. Hey, I need to connect to the printer. I need to reset my password. And we have to be excellent at those things. But that doesn't really separate us. What separates us is that ability to have more of that proactive approach where we can vet new technologies, where we can see things coming. And so for us, our business is really set up on this idea that, we need to be that expertise that our clients don't have and not only have that expertise but provide it in a way that creates a partnership as opposed to just a vendor-client relationship. Yeah. So um, assuming a few things here, but uh, somebody pings you or your sales folks ping them and they want to uh, become a customer, yeah. um, who has the most patience in your, on your team, the onboarding folks or the actual IT folks who get the phone calls after? Because it's a patient rich. Yeah, so we've had some fun uh, onboarding experiences, right? I mean, you'll come in and everything's just a disaster. Or we're being brought in because uh, they're letting someone from the IT staff go and that person has changed all the passwords and hasn't told anybody. So, you know, onboarding definitely has better stories. Um, but long term, you know, it's that day-to-day -day support where you're building the relationship, and it's just like any relationship in life, professional or personal, it takes a lot of patience and understanding to build that foundation of trust. Yeah. So um, without naming names or anything, uh, what are one or two of the worst horror stories, whether they're funny or just horrible, yeah. um, with onboarding and new clients? And yeah, stuff? so I mean, I already mentioned the one. We've had a handful of circumstances where We'll go in and uh, ultimately someone on the IT side is being let go, uh, generally for performance reasons, and that person has gone out with a vengeance. So they have changed a bunch of things, they have reset a bunch of passwords, and we're able to work through it, but it takes a while. And sometimes the business is materially impacted until we're able to get things going again. Um, you know, you all, those are not fun. Um, no matter how good we might feel about the opportunity to work with a new client or come in and, and fix things, those situations aren't fun. So that unfortunately is more common um, than we would like. In terms of other horror stories, it's generally when there's been a breach of some sort. Um, and you know, I can think of one client specifically in the last 12 months in the transportation industry 
um, that just they were subject to certain regulations around uh, data that they had. And we went in, did a dark web scan, um, did some other security scans, and ultimately showed them that they had tens of millions of dollars of exposure. And they were really bringing us in to kind of just check a box. And on our end, we our, our approach isn't we're going to come in and tell you a bunch of terrible things so that you hire us. Our approach is we're going to come in and we're going to objectively tell you what's going on. And it just so happened that they were not in a good state security-wise, which is very different than what their board thought. And so they actually had us come to their board meeting the next week to show them everything. And now they're a large client of ours, and they're in a much better circumstance. Um, but again, the reason I call it a horror story, even though we got to work with them, is you identify millions and millions of dollars of liability risk, and there's no guarantee that that's not going to come to play at any moment or that the company will even make the right choices. And so your, your stomach kind of sinks when that happens because you, you've seen bad things happen in those circumstances, and you're just hoping that they'll make the investments they need to make to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be prepared is a good yeah. motto. Uh, what is a dark web scan? Yeah, so uh, it's where basically you can scan the dark web to see whose credentials from your company are for sale online. So a lot of times we'll run this for free for um, you know sales prospects or anyone we're meeting with. So uh, you know, let's say it's U the Utah Jazz, and let's say their email domain is utahjazz.com. We can scan the dark web to see how many email addresses with utahjazz.com are for sale. And, you know, a lot of times we'll meet with our clients or prospects and say, oh, no, like, there's no way. And, you know, there's always, there's always uh, logins that pop up. And sometimes you can even see the first two letters of the password. And so, you know, there are a couple instances where we'll be meeting with, you know, the CFO or the CEO or the owner. And they'll say, no, no, no way. And then you'll just say, hey, does your password start with the letter D and the number seven? And you know, all of a sudden they go from smiling to feeling very uh, shaken. Um, so yeah, we're, we're able to run those scans. And for a lot of our clients that engage our services, we run them periodically so that we get alerts when any time there are new credentials for sale on the dark web. Yeah, I imagine that happens a lot of uh, the sinking feeling and uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and on our end, it's not meant to be a scare tactic. It's just to say, look, like, ultimately, people are your biggest liability when it comes to security. And, you know, you may have really good password policies in place, but the reality is, is things are going to happen. And you're going to have people who make mistakes. And so, yes, we want to come in and limit those mistakes, but we also want to mitigate the consequences of those mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, who would be a, a fun and ideal customer to have that you currently don't have? Yeah, so for us, we love to have partnerships where we are using a tool and they are also a client of ours. Um, so for example, you know, Podium's been a long-standing client of ours. We do all their help desk support and you know, they're all, it's also a product that we use internally. Um, most recently, we switched to the Divi platform, which we've been big fans of, and um, you know it would be great to have them and other companies like that, uh, you know, here in uh, Silicon Slopes as a client. You know, for us, we've loved working with companies like Podium and others who are scaling so quickly because when you're onboarding dozens of employees a month, 
when you are scaling that quickly, it's really hard to scale your IT staff. And so we're brought into a lot of startups as well as a lot of you know, fast-growing, scaling companies because the thought is, I don't have to make these one-time decisions of, okay, hire a person, then wait till it's too full and hire another person. You know, we're able to flex with them and, and take a lot of the day-to-day um, IT off their plate, and that ends up being a huge win for them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's various levels of, of customers and clients, I would imagine, right? There's, yeah. um, you know, little Jimmy Lipper and his lemonade stand, and then there's uh, government contracts yep. and NASA and those types of things. Um, how do you uh, differentiate those with your team of, uh, all right, this is a, this is a critical one because, uh, you know, a, a dam could get flooded and or, you know, people could die. Yeah, so ultimately for us, we distinguish it less by the size of the client and more so their needs. So probably the most prominent distinction is security needs. So we work with a lot of DOD contractors. And so to that end, we need to make sure from a security point of view, we have certain people staffed to that client. Um, You know, we have um, other clients who uh, may be subject to certain Um, regulations that, again, dictate who can work on that client. And so we have a lot of clients who would take background, uh, do background checks. And so for us, that's kind of that first layer is to make sure we've got the right team. And then the second layer is kind of what are their needs, right? Are we coming in? Are are we their entire IT department? Are we playing the role of CTO down to help desk? Or are we just playing the role of help desk or just CTO? And then really it just becomes a matter of staffing, you know, making sure we've got the right people with the right skill set. Um, If there was to be a third layer, it might be that kind of qualitative assessment of personality. You know, we work with some very, um, you know, polished financial firms uh, here in Utah, here in the Bay. And we make sure that when we're assigning certain employees uh, to that client that they bring, you know, that qualitative touch that's going to fit in with the culture. We also work with a lot of trucking companies. We work with um, a lot of companies where the language and the culture is a lot more relaxed. And we also want to make sure that we have people fit in. So, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have that as part of our evaluation when we're trying to figure out what's the team we want to assign. Who would be a good fit here? Not just in terms of technically, but also culture, because that's an important part of what we do. We're providing a service, and no matter how good the service is, if you don't like the people you work with and rub shoulders with, it's not going to be a good experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably actually more critical if you don't like the the person and you have yeah. to deal with it, then you might find another uh, supplier. Um, overall, what's the macro trends in, in cloud security? Yeah, so... First with cloud, I mean, and this is something that we at Executech have embraced for many years now. You know, a lot of other companies in IT, they actually don't like change because the thought is change brings the unknown. Our thought is our clients want to change, and they're looking to us to understand that change. So we can either fight it and be passed by, or we can be at the forefront of it and be a leader. And we've kind of taken that latter approach. So whether it's moving from... Uh, hosting your email on site, moving to Microsoft 365 in the cloud, or taking your all your servers that you have on premise and moving them all to Microsoft Azure. You know, we've been doing that for many, many years, and really, that's just the trend. Is you know, a lot of these companies are realizing as it relates to working remotely, as it relates to scaling, uh, predictable costs. It's a lot easier and a lot more efficient to move to the cloud. 
and to let companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon do what they're good at so that your team can do what they're good at. And so really we're having a lot of conversations with clients and prospects who just want to understand what it looks like to move your business to the cloud. What does that even mean? A lot of our clients have concerns about security in the cloud, and our thought is it's actually more secure to be in the cloud than to have 10 servers just in your closet, you know, down, down from your office. Um, and so we really see ourselves as guides, mentors, and coaches when it comes to what life looks like for a business moving to the cloud. And that's why, you know, over the last two years, our cloud business has tripled in size without any dedicated sales or marketing. Um, and we expect that to continue for a long time. On the security front, we've really seen it just explode in 2020. I think with more people working from home, realizing uh, the vulnerability of having a scattered workforce, business leaders are thinking about it a lot more. And so for us, you know, we want to make sure that we're meeting them where their needs are around having the right tools in place, whether it's antivirus, ransomware protection, um, you know, firewall monitoring to services around, you know, SOC as a service or phishing simulations, things as easy as an annual employee security awareness training. Um, and for us, you know, we really expect security to not just be a fad, but for something that's going to become a critical part of anybody's IT strategy moving forward. Yeah. Very intense. So you've got, yeah, the mechanic whose car barely runs and the landscaper whose lawn looks like crap um, because they don't want to deal with their own house or their yeah. own thing. So um, do you guys, uh, obviously, um, you, do you guys do stuff in-house to prove some of your concepts or uh, kind of find uh, stories of you, caution? In terms of, you know, doing IT stuff within Executech? Yeah, like yeah. testing the waters. On absolutely, it. absolutely. I mean, we, a lot of times we will pilot a tool or a software um, internally or with a small group first. We don't necessarily want to have the first time we're familiarizing ourselves with something after we deploy it at a client. So that's definitely our approach. Um, we very rarely will go out and deploy something at a client that we haven't tested ourselves. Gotcha. And you don't want to be the one getting caught. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, the thing is, is what's tough is a lot of these tools, they're not tools that we created, right? Like, for example, Microsoft had a huge outage yesterday. Um, so for any of our clients that are using 365 uh, for their email, you know, they're looking to us, right? Can you fix this? How do you solve this? And so for us, we could not control that Microsoft outage. But what we could control was communicating and keeping them up to date and workarounds or other, other ideas. Um, but it's not uncommon, right, for these tools that we use to have little bumps in the road, and we have to answer for that. And so it's just making sure that we're in a position to communicate well and to address those concerns when they come up. Gotcha. And for you and your team, um, as far as, like, the talent lies, are there uh, folks that are better at Google, folks that are better at Apple, folks that are better at databases, Microsoft, all the different yeah. things? Yeah, so, you know, I guess first off I would say we are huge on training, and we have to be, right? We're in technology. Um, if we expect to grow with technology, our people have to grow with technology. So we invest a lot in training. We have weekly mandatory trainings. We have weekly optional trainings. Um, we have our own training department. So that's a big part of what we do. So when somebody first starts at Executech, assuming they're a relatively junior person, we're really trying to cast a wide net in terms of skill development. 
Um, and then over time, we have what's called the Executech path. And this is where they can progress um, to come, become kind of subject matter experts. So whether it's AWS or Microsoft Azure or security. Um, and so, you know, over time, we definitely have people that are starting to specialize. And so while most everyone at Executech is a generalist when it comes to IT support, when it comes to more sophisticated IT director level support, we generally have experts. And I think that's actually, you know, not trying to provide a sales pitch, but I think that's one of the benefits of why our clients do outsource their IT is because you now have a team behind the service that you're procuring, right? If I've got an IT staff of just three, that's what I've got to work with in terms of experience, knowledge, expertise. I work with Executech, I'm working with a team of 150 plus IT professionals that have hundreds of years of experience. You know, we have seen pretty much everything. And so we've got the team to solve those issues. And that deep bench is a big value for our clients. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice to, to have a bigger team when you know you're limited. Um, you know, with all things business related, there's folks that are prognosticating the, the colors of fall for 2023 and all of that. Who uh, on your team is the best at predicting the future of uh, the Executech business model as it pertains to like, this is coming down the chute, let's get ready? Yeah, so I really look to our sales team um, a lot for that type of leadership in terms of um, what are what are clients and organizations out there looking for in a partner, right? And you'll notice that I didn't answer first with the technology answer. And that's because it's a given that we have to adapt with technology and that we will. And so to me, it's less about whether or not we'll be able to make life work with the new technology that's out there. We will. It's more so, will we be able to deliver service in a way that jives with how organizations more generally are evolving? So you think about more companies having a work from home um, type environment, uh, more spread out culture, right? To me, that begs the question more of how do we deliver service as opposed to what technology do we work with? We can figure out the right technology, but making sure that we've got a model in place that works for them. And our sales team is out there on a daily basis talking to prospects, learning about what their needs are, what they're looking for. So. Um, you know, they might chuckle when they hear that and say, oh, I didn't know that. But when I get their feedback about what they're hearing, what companies out there need, um, it's extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, overall, how naive do you think um, your prospective customers are on uh, what their IT needs, but then also, like, what could go wrong if they're not prepared? Yeah, so um, probably a lot higher than they think um, or that we would like them to be. You know, we have a ton of great clients and prospects who will very humbly say, look, I have no idea and that's why I'm reaching out to you. I need help. Um, and you know, we love being brought into a situation like that because that's, we, we think we're pretty good at what we do. And so for us to hear that we're being looked to for that leadership, great. Um, you know, there, there are plenty of clients who, who know a lot, you know, and especially if they have IT staff on hand, right? Um, but it's, it's very common. You know, we're working with a lot of companies um, that are going through their own maturation process, um, have been doing business the same way for many years. 
Um, and it's very common for them to underestimate how behind they are on technology or how uh, poor their security is. And for us, you know, what I tell our guys is, look, we're not here to win an argument. We're not here to make a point. We're here to help. So there's no point in trying to prove that, hey, you're wrong, you're way behind. And so we really try to prioritize, look, if we could only have one impact here, if we could only change one thing, if we could only come in and help in one way, what's going to be the biggest thing we can do to help the client? And we find that when we prioritize that way, our clients are a lot more receptive to acknowledging where they might be coming up short because rather than feeling like there's this laundry list that they see as a reflection on them, it's more so here are future investments that's going to help you grow and that's just a much easier conversation to have. Yeah. So with you guys, whether it's your sales folks, your implementation engineers, you're often on the, the front lines. And with that, you have a, a clearer picture of what could be, right? Like yeah. so, And plus, people have imaginations and are yeah. entrepreneurial. Um, what happens when like, one of your employees like, this doesn't exist, it would be great if it did. Do you guys ever build anything yourselves? So, I mean, we have to be creative all the time. What's funny is our CTO got his degree in art. And a lot of our guys, you know, they grew up playing Legos. Uh, they like playing video games like Minecraft. They are builders. They're very creative minds. And so it is not at all uncommon for us to come into a situation where a client is asking for something. And, you know, we tell them, look, like, that doesn't exist. Or what you're saying, we get what you're saying. Um... But yeah, I mean, I would say creativity is huge in our line of work. You know, I talked about earlier, hey, we've seen everything. But the reality is, is we're working with a lot of really smart organizations that are thinking of new ways of doing things that are relatively unique. And maybe we have seen it, or maybe it's just a solution we haven't implemented before because it doesn't make sense or because the technology doesn't exist yet. Um, but on our end, you know, we see coming up with creative solutions to meet the client's need as, as a big part of what we do. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, since the dawn of man, there's always been uh, somebody that comes up with something and then there's quickly on their heels somebody that's stealing from or yeah. exploiting. And, and, you know, there's a big difference between a client who has a bright, a bright idea and, you know, that's exciting, right, working with them of how do we get this accomplished. But that's different than clients who may have unreasonable expectations. I mean, I remember one time I was meeting with uh, the CEO of one of our clients. And, you know, at one point he just looked me straight in the eye. He's like, look, I just want our IT, my computer, everything to never, ever have any problems whatsoever. Um, I said, no, that's, that's a great desire. But ultimately, you know, in technology and IT, between updates, between needed patches, between the fact that you've got uh, threat actors out there. Um, you know, IT is not one of those things that you solve and you just come back 10 years later and check up on it, right? Yeah. IT is an investment. Um, you know, it's kind of like your physical health, right? If you stop going to the gym, if you stop eating well, your physical health is going to be eroded. And yeah. it's the same thing with your IT health. If you aren't making those updates, if you aren't making those investments, it's going to be eroded. But at the same time, there's always more progress to be had. Cool. Last questions. I'll weave two together and uh, okay. we'll wrap it up. But what keeps you up at night and then what are you going to do about uh, that as you guys grow for 2020, 2021? 
Yeah, so, if, you know, if you would have asked me a year ago what keeps me up at night, I would have said, um, you know, it would have been something external. It would have been uh, something related to security, right, around all the security threats that are out there. And that's still very top of mind, and yes, it keeps me up at night at times. But I would say in 2020, the thing that I really think about a lot um, is the great team we have at Executech. You know, it's been a hard year. Um, with COVID, uh, social unrest, with the election coming up. And, you know, before this year, you know, when we talk about burnout, a lot of times we're talking about people just being burnt out at work. But I think there's a lot of burnout for people happening outside of work. And, you know, I take very seriously the fact that we employ people, that we are their source of livelihood. And you spend enough time at work that if you're not happy at work, you know, that's a big deal. And so we work really hard to provide a meaningful experience for people at Executech. And so, you know, for me, I'm constantly thinking about what's going on in the world, what that means for our employees, how are they dealing with their mental health, what can we do to support them. And we can't do everything for them. We're not meant to. Um, but I think a lot about what are those investments we can make, what's the coaching we can provide, what are the resources, the partnership, the patience, the training, um, the culture to help them have an amazing experience at Executech so that even if there is stuff going on outside of Executech that's bringing them down or is hard for them, you know, we can be at peace knowing that we're at least a source of fulfillment and joy for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been fun and informative. So uh, thank you, DJ, for, for being a part of this. And uh, thank you, everyone, for participating in this Silicon Slopes Town Hall. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Silicon Slopes. 